Welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I am your host, Kirsty, and I'm back feeling a lot better than rough as guts I did last episode. Um, I'm still a little bit squeaky, but probably coming across just as squeaky and annoying voiced as per yours. So I am, uh, yeah, I've I've just um, doubled down on Beverly Hills and uh, New York back to back. And I, I don't know, just like I haven't done that together in such a long time. And I'm really like, I know I'm kind of like shooketh by the contrast. And it's just so fun to watch them. I'm like a little bit giddy and hyped up, <laughs> especially seeing Jerry O'Connell. Oh my God. My teenage hormones were like just firing and I got all tingly flashing back to the sliders years. Sliders. That's a ref for anyone in their thirties now. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jerry. What a guy! Literally, he was my first kiss. Actually, no. I kissed the TV for Hercules before him. Um, But then when Sliders began, I was a little bit older. I was probably about 12 or 13. Got into Sliders. Discovered Jerry O'Connell. And yeah, Matt fell, um, fell madly in love and lost my kiss virginity to the TV while he was on screen. So... Yeah, no, just saying that's a little, like, um, name drop there. Yeah, I mean, J-O-C. We, um, we, we, we have a history, you guys. <laughs> but yeah, it's always, like, it's so fun watching, like, the contrast between the New York ladies and what their drama is, and then the Beverly Hills ladies, and like, there's so much more, like, there's just as much drama, but it's all just lurking below the surface. It's kind of like, the, it's like in constant calm before the storm. And we do get, like, it looks like we got the explosion next week between Kyle and Lisa and Ken. And that's just, finally we get the eruption. But it kind of, like, this is what happens most seasons of Beverly Hills. Like, it, like, rumbles and rumbles and rumbles and rumbles and then bam you're like what the fuck and it all shit hits the fan and this Lisa storyline almost feels like like this entire like the last what series are we in nine like the last nine seasons have had this deep kind of thundering grumble with Lisa pulling the strings and manipulating situations and trying to cause drama um, in this kind of like mastermind puppeteering kind of way. And this is going to be the eruption to end all eruptions. It's going to be huge. It's going to be my um, sauce. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm soups excited. Um, and they're just like so much more, I was going to say posh, but it's, but then, you know, you get things like, they're also trashy and then the New York ladies are more loud and obnoxious but they're and like more gritty but they're still I don't know they're like they're still then they're hilarious like it's just completely different energy um so I guess I will start with Beverly Hills because I just finished watching that when I watched that second 
little bit of news on, I don't know if anyone saw it. I think it was on Ellen, but it was Erica Jane talking or Erica Girardi talking to Mila Kunis, but it looked like the Ellen set. I just saw the clip. So I'm not a hundred percent sure Ellen wasn't there, but it looked like Mila Kunis was doing like a stepping in kind of interview role. Anywho, not the point, although it is, she's like the cutest thing ever. I love Mila. Any hoozles? Yeah, so they were talking about um, Lisa and Lucy Gate, and Erica was saying um, that she hadn't spoken to Lisa since she stopped filming. She stopped filming, or she just stopped showing up to filming um, halfway through. And Milo was asking if she knew if she was coming to the reunion. Lisa said she didn't know. They haven't filmed it yet. Um, when did she say they were filming it? I think she said in June. Don't hold me to that though. Um, I it could have been July, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. I'm finding Erica coming off quite bitter this season. I always enjoy her. I've always found her. People always said she was cold. I actually always found her warm, but like self-preserving, and that's where her kind of um extra layer comes from. Like it's I always kind of felt it was more like padding um that once you kind of break through to to really connect with her then you then you get then you've earned her warmth and I like I always liked that I feel like I'm kind of like that as well um but this season I'm seeing more of the icicle that is Erica Jane and I think she's just fed up with all of this I think she's in the same position as all the other ladies it just comes across in a very obvious way with her where she you know presents this cold cold external um layer and I think yeah they're all I think all of the ladies are just fed up with Lisa kind of puppeteering and pulling the strings in this manipulative way because you know manipulation it like I she is masterful at it she had me fooled and I am I'm a Scorpio so I like I'm really good at picking these things and I'm also I can I know about myself. It's a horrible quality, but I can be quite manipulative. I try, like I, I just, I know I learned that when I was young, so don't do it, blah, blah, blah. But I can see that in most people. And I didn't know whether to be, like to believe Lisa lots of the time or not with all of these different things that we've been witnessing throughout the seasons that have so low, like people always blaming her um, for certain things, but Brandy in the magazines, like, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I was always like on Lisa's side, like, where are they getting this? And now I'm, I, I've changed my tune in saying that I'll always be LVP. And especially during this period of her life, I think it's, yeah, I think it's difficult. I don't know. She just lost her brother. Give the girl a break. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I am, I'm an LVP fan for life, but it seems that she doesn't really have a place in this crew anymore which is sad but it's not that sad because she has like 14 restaurants and has Vanderpump rules and you know she's probably releasing Vanderpump Vanderpump dogs like spin-off we don't know so you know what she's doing just fine she'll she'll be okay (laughs) and she does come across so much more likable and lovable um as the mother figure in Vanderpump Rules so I think that's that's her place to shine and maybe it is time for her to take a step back from 
Beverly Hills. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, I've like, sh- like shocked myself, but you know, like it's just a lot of anger. Um, I like, I don't know. I like anger. I like the tension, but this seems unresolvable. You know, we, we all, we sort of like tension that explodes and then dissipates. Um, but this seems kind of like a long time coming. So it's gonna, it's really gonna dirty the waters, I think for a long time. Okay. So this episode was all about Denise and Aaron's wedding. Um, I am in love with these two. Denise is literally like my spirit housewife and Aaron is, I mean, I, I would like an Aaron. Where's my Aaron with his giant penis? (laughs) Denise can't get enough of. Um, oh my God, she's so fucking funny. So first she's talking, getting pissed and talking incessantly about Aaron's peen and <laughs> that killed me. I was just like a fucking Elderese, like a couple of times. Yes, okay. I have I have been that girl. You know, you get a little bit tipsy at lunch. You make a joke about a penis or something inappropriate, make someone laugh, and so you do it again and again and again. And by the end of the night, you're just like, ha, penis. How funny a penis is, <laughs> and balls. <laughs> you know what? It's actually a good joke. I'm yeah, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm actually genuinely. <laughs> I am a child. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? At least Denise is as well. I'm not alone. (laughs) I can't make myself laugh too much (laughs) about peens, about Aaron's peen. (sighs) Calm down, Kirsty, because I'll start coughing and then I'll have a coughing fit and I'll die alone because um, I am alone and there's not even any cats here to like revive me. Yes, and so then, so first we get the pain, and then she plans a wedding in two days, and I was so impressed. I mean, this was amazing. I mean, maybe this is what money can buy, who knows, but this is the thing, right? Like, I, I'm i not a wedding girl. I don't look forward to these wedding episodes so much. This was fun because there was a bit of, like, tension and drama, but I'm not like a, I don't watch, like, wedding shows or, like, you know, married, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not like, I don't look forward to my friend's weddings necessarily. I find weddings really uncomfortable. Um, I don't know. I think my mom like raised me as too much of a feminist and just like, now I don't know how to feel. Cause I want like the free champagne and the chicken, but I like get really like, I don't know, just like feel uncomfortable. Icky. I don't know. I feel uncomfortable. All I've ever wanted, my, my parents eloped, right? So it's probably just in my blood. That's all I've ever thought. If I fall, if one day I happen to fall in love and hook a man and trick him into, um, you know, marrying this bitch, I would probably elope or just like, I've always thought I would just sign the registry and, you know, like have the marriage. I'm not like one for a wedding, which is strange because I'm extremely self-absorbed and I love attention but I just don't, the wedding thing is not my thing. I'd rather like just have, I don't know. I don't know what I want. People can just like shower me in gifts and love and devotion, but it doesn't have to be my wedding day necessarily. <laughs> like I have been to some beautiful weddings, but I do, I don't know. It's the sameness of them all that 
like grates on me a little bit and but I thought that this was awesome if if I was to wed this is how I would do it like shotgun wedding I always thought I'd get married in Vegas just because it's like wham bam thank you ma'am and I guess that means I'm a wham bam thank you ma'am kind of gal which is uh, maybe I should be working a strip in in Vegas instead of <laughs> living it oh my god okay anyway so yeah I think um I think this was really cute. I didn't love the dress, but now that I've, like, cause I saw it on Instagram, but now I've seen it in context to the beach and you know, that kind of setting in Malibu, I think it worked and she looked gorgeous in it. And yes, for a second or third wedding, you know, it was totally chill. I, I loved that. She just like, her daughter was like, I can't walk in these heels. And she's like, can I wear my, my, my sneakers? And Denise is like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, she just wants her daughters to be happy. If they're happy, she's happy. I just thought it was all just really perfect, to be honest. Um, Aaron's funny with the number eight thing, but I actually kind of get it because my dad always used to say this to me and my brother because we're both born on the 8th of a month. Um, I'm 8th of November and he's, I don't know, July. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> I do know I'm not a terrible sister and I'm also born on 88 1988 so I'm like the golden child because I'm 8th of the 11th 88 and my dad was a total nerd so it's like the symmetry and then again like Aaron was saying the number eight is represents the infinity and it's good luck in Chinese zodiac I think and all this stuff so I he it does sound kind of flouncy and hippy dippy but I also like kind of like it I like tradition I like that kind of stuff so I thought that was I was with him on that and I liked the flower thing the flower infinity symbol they had I thought that was cute um all of the daughters looked so sweet they're just like they they're sort of too young to tell at this stage but they seem unperturbed or untainted by like growing up in Hollywood with Charlie Sheen as their dad and Denise Richards as their mum and growing up in wealth and in this like this this town that you know ruins people they just seem so normal and kind and sweet and little Eloise oh my god I love so I'm happy for them I think um they seem grounded Denise seems grounded like she's so fucking awesome I love her (laughs) I was listening to a couple podcasts this week and people saying that her face looks weird right I don't think her face looks weird because of too much Botox or surgery or anything I think it's literally the opposite I think she is like, one of the more natural-looking women on the show, and we're just not used to seeing these women's faces moving or, like, frown lines when they smile or, you know, like, like we're not used to seeing a natural face, an ageing face. Because, like, last time, I I don't know, I was seeing her, it was probably, like, 15 years ago in or 20 years ago in Wild Things and Drop Dead Gorgeous and whatever else, you know, so people do their faces change it's normal unless of course you know you have the dorit of it all going on and no shade 
I love a bit of Botox. I love filler. I am not going to age gracefully. I think Dorit is beautiful. But if you look at her Instagram, I literally thought she had had an entire, her entire face done. And then the season came back and I was like, oh no, it was just face, face tune. She, whenever she does face tune, she makes herself look like a totally different person. It, it actually confuses me. So check that out. And Erica posted one today. She looked stunning on Instagram, but she looked like a Barbie. Like you could not see, it was like, it was almost like Cher. You know how she like, she's like 170 years old, but she looks about 25 because she overblows all of her photos and like covers the camera in Vaseline basically to take a single picture has no definition to her face whatsoever. That's what Erica looked like in this photo. She honestly looked like a Barbie, but she she looked gorgeous, but it did not look like a real human being. So I all that to say, I appreciate <coughs> excuse me. I appreciate my body's like rebelling against me saying that I appreciate movement in a face. <laughs> Because I, I, I am so, like, um, wrinkle, like, uh, phobic in my, in myself. But I like, you know, you, I like watching, I like, you know, it's like anything. You like seeing real life represented on TV. We like something to aspire to. And then we like seeing something more realistic as well. But obviously Denise is a goddess, like, Amazon woman anyway I'm just referring to like her one like smile line that I appreciate but I don't know if any of that made sense I feel convoluted but um I I think I think you might get me because you guys are in my head (sighs) um yeah so (laughs) we take a moment to look at Lisa renovating a kitchen or wanting to renovate her her dark and depressing kitchen to learn that um, she, what she's learned from her, her brother's very tragic death is to surround herself with things that make her happy. <laughs> it just made me giggle because isn't it like, she did say things in people. I'm being a little bit critical, but isn't, you know, in times of true tragedy, of like losing a loved one, aren't those the moments that we have like really deep emotional growth? And it just made me lol that she was like, I'm just going to buy some nice things and then I'll be happy again. <laughs> I don't, I don't think she meant it that way, but it, it came across that way and it was lolsville. Uh, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy. So skipping forward back to the wedding, Teddy is such a buzzkill. Like, I literally just want her lame face off my screenage. She's not, like, she's not badass enough. Like, she tried to be. She's not badass enough to execute something, like, some kind of devious plot or even be involved in it. So now she's trying to be holier than thou and be like, oh, well, because I, it's like, you can't do a shitty thing and then be like, oh, well, I admitted to it. I like, I cheated on my husband, but I told him right away. So it's like, it's cool, right? You can't do a shitty thing and then like admit to it and be like, but I told you the truth. So you have to forgive me. 
that's how she comes across to me. She's like, well, I was going to do this shitty thing, but I wasn't shitty enough to actually do it. So like you should like bow down to me because I'm such a good person that I didn't actually do it. No, you got caught out. You got cold feet. Either way, you're shit. You wanted to do a shitty thing. You're shit. Just because you didn't do it. It actually kind of in my, I'm an asshole, but it actually pisses me off that she just I'd rather she do it and get caught. At least you like, you know, at least you've tried. Now she's just bland. That's how I feel about Teddy. I feel like she is beige. She is the color beige. And I ain't got time for beige in my Beverly Hills. So sit down, buy wig. Oh, yes, Rebecca and Jerry. It just honestly, I squealed. I was like, it was like what my first concert when I was 14, I went to see Usher and I was so excited. I like ran to the front and squealed and fucking screamed my tiny little itty bitty titties off. And a girl kicked me and I didn't even feel it because I was just like, Usher. And that's how I felt seeing Jerry O'Connell on my screen. I was like, Jerry! Oh my god, I'm gonna <coughs> I'm gonna cough up a lung for my love of Jerry. Worth it. If I die over Jerry O'Connell, honestly, it's worth it's worth the death. What was that movie he was in? I wanna say like Sharknado or something. It was some really like B grade um holy um horror flick. <laughs> and his like penis got chopped off or bitten off or something and then and then there was just like this ocean close-up on his like severed penis floating <laughs> in the ocean <laughs> those are my two like bigger memories of jerry o'connell sliders his entire sliders career which was amazing um and his his decapitated penis floating in the ocean which i like to assume is his real pain because you know what? It was decent. Go back and Google it. <laughs> Just Google Jerry O'Connell penis in Google and I'm sure whatever comes up, you won't be disappointed. Thank me later. Bye. <laughs> oh my God. Ugh. When they're all waiting for Denise and she's running like an hour late, which you know that's cool is your wedding girl and she's so chill about it she doesn't give a shit (laughs) I just I loved I just cackled when Erica was like I'm Les Mis (laughs) I don't know why that got me it's just so dramatic (laughs) I'm Les Mis (laughs) just complaining about the polyester of Lisa's dress and even Lisa's like yeah that shit don't breathe (laughs) I died I'm Les Mis dramatic I, I I liked it I appreciate those moments with Erica I really like her I just like I feel I feel she's in a bit of like the the bitterness at the moment and I really like her when she's la- like light-hearted and less intense um the reaction to the metal music was weird I thought people would love it like second wedding you know thrown together yeah come out to whatever the fuck you want come out tap dancing if you like like I mean, I thought that was sick. I really felt like 
This has been awesome for Denise. Like first season, I already feel like I'm really getting to know her personality. A lot of the times the first season is, I really don't warm to. I'm like a Shannon Badua in that way. I'm like, Ugh, you gotta prove yourself to me, bitch. But yeah, she like came out of the gate and I'm feeling her right off the bat. I like it. I thought Lisa was funny waving to, like, my old paparazzi mate, hi! <laughs> Up on the hills, she's waving to this guy. <laughs> I died! Um, and what's, who's this Patrick Muldoon? He was on, was it days he was on with her? Anyway, I, I, I sort of recognised him, but it, I think it was, like, a show a little bit before my time, or maybe it was, like, a daytime soap, so was it, I wasn't skewer. And yeah, I I don't know. He um he looked a little rough around the edges, but I thought that was <laughs> only Lisa would be like. So who was better in bed, Rina or Denise? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I was like, hmm, I wonder who. But I mean, come on, they're both the freaks in the sheets. You can you know you can tell, like when you look at Teddy and Dorit, you're sort of like. Meh, meh. Or when you look at Rina or Denise, you're like, bow, chicka, bow, you know, I just think they got the flavor. Some people got it. You got to have that little flavor flavor, a little bit of zest in your steps. I'm just saying, I'm just saying things now. But you know, you feel me. <coughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I wish I could be fast enough to pause that or um, not so lazy that I could edit it. But I'll just apologize profusely and hope that you'll come again next week. Um, any hoozles. So basically, final thoughts. Um, oh, we have that like article come out with Dorit where she's talking to PK after the wedding about, you know, the the puppy gate. I mean, I I was legitimately confused about this because it she what she was reading was exactly how I thought it all went down I mean she skipped the step where they made it sound like you know where Dorit gave the dog to another home that she thought was safe but the outcome was the same the dog ended up in another shelter that happened to be a kill shelter so I don't really understand why she's like so shocked and floored by this and she's like it's not true I'm like but that that is what happened you you got a dog from Vanderpump Dogs it you know, bit your children, didn't want it anymore, and mauled PK's, you know, giant mug of a nose, and I say mauled, but it nipped, it nipped at his nose, there was like a tiny, teeny, weeny little drop of blood, and like it's a puppy, but anyway, whatever, their, their prerogative to say that I want the dog, didn't work out, then they gave it to a home that they thought was nice after Darut locked it in the dungeon for however long, according to Teddy. And, you know, then it went to the kill shelter. The only added step there that wasn't mentioned is that she tried to give it to a nice home. But that's what the shelter's going to do anyway. They're going to try and give it away. And if, I think that's what a kill shelter is, correct me if I'm wrong, um, is that you try and give it away, but there's a certain amount of time and if they if it doesn't get collected then what it, then they have to put the the poor doggy down I mean yeah it's horrible but I but I don't understand what that I mean it's all it's all too much for me 
I mean, I'm like almost at Lisa's level where I'm ready to just walk away, <laughs> check out. I have been enjoying, I enjoyed Puppy Gate, I think longer than, than most, but even I am starting to wane on this doggy drama. Um, yeah, I need, I need a little bit of propeller forward, I think. Um, but I was glad this episode was, that was the only really time we spoke about it. I'm happy to have had the breather of Denise's wedding. Um, yeah, I thought it was a a cute app. Oh, I was shocked by myself that during that conversation between Dorit and PK, I actually found myself liking PK a little bit. Now, I wasn't attracted to his Steve Jobs-esque attire. I'm not attracted to PK, but I could see, like, I've, I've, oft, I've oft been confused why someone as stunning as Dorit would end up with this blob of a man, PK, and not that looks at everything, but I mean, I didn't feel like the intelligence level or the interest level was as that strong in either of them. So I was, you know, confused naturally, but I felt like he was really level. I've like the last few episodes, I've found the way he talk, like explains things to her or calms her. He's like level headed. He's quite kind and understanding I like the way he talks about Lisa and he's like he's like he he understands Lisa in a way that is non-judgmental even though he doesn't necessarily like what she's doing or he doesn't necessarily agree with her but he kind of gets her and I like the way he talks oh my god have I lost my mind who am I you guys what do I do (laughs) Um, yeah, so next week is the big blowout with Kyle and Lisa. Ken yells at Kyle. Oh my God, it's going to be so awkward. And Lisa is crying as she yells, get the fuck out of my house. You guys, what are we going to do? I like, I couldn't deal. So that'll be exciting. Well, I'm going to take a little sipsy of water and then we'll get into... New York. Okay, well, I am well lubricated. Um, much like Miss Erica Jane on her stage, and <laughs> she was talking to Mikey. <laughs> That's one thing I missed from the Beverly Hills app. She's like, "Yeah, the that once the stage was all covered in lube. Why? I have so many questions that I really don't need answers to, but." Why? Why? I mean, I know you're like, like all about like the sexiness and latex and bring it it. Oh my God. I am so unsexy. What have I, what even is that? Am I trying to do sex? Like, I should just not try to do sexy talk ever. But, um, yeah, I was like, but even still, why is there lube on your stage? Anyway, I guess we'll never know. Maybe I'll get to go to an Erica Jane concert one day. Can you imagine? I would just die. If I could see the Countess um, and Erica Jane, I honestly could die a very happy girl. If anyone's been to either of those, please write to me on Instagram at realitytvandme. 
I would like I want every single disgusting detail. Please. I need to pop my ears. Uh, oh my god, I made it so much worse. Anyway, just ignore me. Which is impossible because you're literally listening to my voice in your ears. Okay. So we um get we open up again at Sonia's paper party. Now I need to be really horrible for a second. But this has been something that's been bothering me for the past, what, 12 months or so when those photos first emerged of her from uh, like on Instagram of her from the paper magazine shoot. And I am, I'm going to sound ageist and I'm not trying to be because, you know, all shapes and sizes, ages, colors, everything is fine, beautiful, whatever. But because her entire face and body was so expertly over the toply photoshopped, like down to the pore, her hands really stood out to me in like, this is going to sound bad. I already hate myself, but I feel like I have to finish the sentence now. You know, the movie, the witches when we were children, I say, we, I have no idea how old you are, but I'm assuming you're my age. Um, you know, that like those witchy hands, you know, where the kid like turns into them are into turn into mice and the witches all take off their, their human faces and they're like hagging and ball underneath, not the face thing, her face and body looked divine, but she had the hands of a woman of her age. And I just found it really stuck out to me so obnoxiously simply because everything else was so smooth and poreless. I would never have noticed had everything else been at the same level. I need to stop. Oh my God, I'm going to hell. You guys, I literally have, this has been bothering me so much. I have scoured comments on Instagram. Anytime those photos have been published, when this episode came out, I was looking for people talking about it. I am the only person paying attention to it. It's like, it's like if a tree falls in a forest and no one said it here, did it really fall? Did it really make a sound? That's how I feel. I feel like I'm insane for noticing this. I, I mean, I don't go back and look at the pictures and just tell me that I'm not alone or call me out on it and I'll never make a comment about another woman's hands again because I have like a guilt in my heart but let's be honest this is a podcast about snark I'm just (laughs) I feel so fucking bad all right you know what I mean it's only because I'm usually this bitchy about Vanderpump rules the Vanderpump rules kids who are now all in their 40s um yeah usually like I haven't I don't think I've delved that deep with New York before. Ah! Okay, I've got to move on because I'm just feeling soups, orky momos. Un, uh, similarly as awkward as Dorinda and Luann's hat having a conversation. Like what? They're just so, there's so much tension. There's so much not being said. That would make, that interaction would make a great um, writing class. Like, like how to, how to put, how to, portray what's not being said um like oh so much awkwardness and then we have this like contrast of 
between what's not being said and pleasantries going on, flash to Sonia and Barbara having a chat where Sonia's declaring how fuckable Barbara is um, because she's because she's butch (laughs) it makes her look more fuckable whereas Tinsley needs to sit sit on the shelf just just you'd like take her out dust her off and then you realize no you just put her back on the shelf Sonia you can't say that (laughs) I loved it I am so obsessed with fucking Sonia and her and I'm obsessed with that her entire um storyline this season is about her and and curtains last time we had the um it was <laughs> her monogram towels being hung up and taped up on on you know new apartment so that the neighbors couldn't see her fucking and <laughs> and this week it's the damp running down her curtains in her old place oh my lordy take the wheel jesus Oh my god, I just, she is just too fucking funny. She was on Watch What Happens Live this week, um, saying that her, her, her curtains were classy because they would, the towels were monogrammed. I was just like, oh my fucking god, I love you, Sonia. Like, I mean, bow down, bitches. She can do no wrong in my book. And then we look over and take a blink and she's making out with, um, a cute, like 20 something lesbian who also has a girlfriend but everyone's cool with it they hadn't shared a word that night and now they're like tongue deep in each other's faces so cute (laughs) (laughs) and she's like well who said it's like sonia it's like making out a venus fly trap and she sits down and she's like i guess money can buy you ass That was one of the best things she's ever said. You know what? Money can buy you ass, Sonia. And you get it, girl. Don't you feel ashamed. Get that sweet taste of loving. Mm. I made that weird. Anyway, who who would thunk that it could get weirder? But I made it weird. That's all right. Can we go to community service with Lulu Lemon? Oh, lordy. I mean, we had the flashback to Lou truly doing the Lord's work in giving young women of colour um, eating disorders when she's talking to the women that she's trying to help, I think, giving workforce advice a few, year- few years ago. Fuck me, that was awkward. I was just like... Like, nice struggle town. And now she's, you know, becoming a fluffer for soup, which I'm sure she's quite practiced in the art of. And for the first time in um, feeding the homeless history, has someone stolen the soup and had it for themselves? She's literally stealing food from the mouths of homeless people. Luanne Della Seps. Countess, what? <laughs> I actually had no words. I was flawed. I am flawed and I'm annoyed. And who is this woman following her around? I have, I have uh, many, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 and her trying to leave, like, without telling the parole officer. 
I've never been arrested, luckily, because I am a little bit of a troublemaker, or at least I was in my youth. Now I am an adult, and I am practiced in the art of adulting. I cannot do my taxes, don't report me. But, I mean, you have to report to a parole officer. I mean, we, I mean, maybe it's because we all watch Love After Lockup, and, you know, I'm a filthy trash bag. And all, you know, I just attract criminals, so I know probably too much about this world than really I should. Maybe I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just like a bit of a bottom feeder, so like, I don't know, I get it. But Luann, you gotta tell your parole officer where you're gonna be. I mean, I could have, I could have slapped her sideways. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, Lou, like, Lou is just driving me mental. This whole Lou and Dorinda thing I'm struggling with because I love Dorinda and I hate Luann. <laughs> but they're both wrong and they're both right. And they're both just very, very wrong and they kind of just need to get over it because otherwise it's just we're at a standstill. Neither of them are going to apologise. Neither of them think they've done anything wrong. Um, when they both have... And, but they're just both too stubborn and they think the other ones wronged each other more. So we're at a standstill. Barbara, bless her soul, is trying, but she's not going to get anywhere. These, these women, I don't know. They're, there's too much history there. Hang on, a little sip. That was a guzzle. Great word, guzzle. Yeah, oh my God. How much do you love Dale? She is fucking hysterical what a pot starer coming out with tinsley's ex-husband's wife's shoes oh girl i mean and then saying they have the cutest baby ever oh my god that is next level shit if my mom was saying that shit to me i'd be like mm-hmm i'd be like girl leave that you can't be, you can't be even, uh, I don't know what, how good their breakup was. I think it was pretty bad because, um, Tinsley like stalked him or some shit. If my mom even like mentions my ex in a positive note, I'm like, okay, bye, I'm leaving. I think that's not a, you know, your mom's got to be on your side. Family first, Dale, take a seat, but I love you and I want her to be a housewife. Oh my God. She actually needs her own show. And it would be like a kind of, um, we get Dale, we'd get, what's her name from Southern Charm? I don't really watch it, but the old, the elder, <laughs> such a cunt. And, um, and, and, and we'd get Mama D and it'd be like a kind of golden girls esque type thing where these like older women just get pissed and like run around town. So basically it'd be housewives. <laughs> I just want them on housewives. <laughs> I feel like Housewives has gotten more and more young in the last few seasons. They're bringing in younger women. Maybe I'm just getting older, so they feel younger. Oh, God. That's a cruel awakening. But I like, you know, we look at the generational thing. We've got, like, the Vickies and um, the, the Sonia kind. The Sonia's, she's on the oldest edge. Ramona, they're in their 60s, like... That's where we began, you know, but I guess when they started, they were probably mid-40s. They've been going. They've been going strong for a while. 
So I guess, you know, we'll all, they'll all get there eventually. I mean, Beth, Bethany's starting to get up there, and she was a, a young spring chicken when first she doth came. I'm sorry. I've been reading a lot of poetry because I told you I've been doing this writing class. <laughs> so sometimes these little, like, Shakespearean quips will come out. Um, sorry, not sorry, but I am sorry. Oh, my voice is starting to crackle. Okay, got to get through this. Got to get through this. But yeah, I'd watch that show. Yeah, it was nice to be back in Sonia's townhouse. You could tell that it smelt like mold and I just loved her when she did the smell check in her toilet, which come on, we all do. If we're having guests over, you got you got to test the smell. And she's like, mm, okay, just do the smell test. It's not good. <laughs> she turns to her, what she referred to as least gay uh, assistant. <laughs> oh, God. She is literally, like, looking into my future. I just, I know, I know what will become of me. And you know what? I don't think I'm complaining. I am fearful, but I'm not complaining. Oh my god, that fucking guy Ramona dated. Like, one word. Ew. For his personality. Like, come on, man. When he was like, can I give you my philosophy on marriage? No, that's not his voice, but I hate him, so I'm giving him, like, the Eugene kind of voice. Can I give you my philosophy on marriage? She's like, mm, no. Because she's already frustrated by his, like pompousness by that stage and he's like well I'm gonna do it anyway oh my god fuck off and here I am assuming that Ramona's gonna be the bad date um this guy is a real douche bag like she needs to fire Rory her matchmaker because everything she was saying that she didn't want in a man is literally what she got no he's a bad egg and I didn't like him but I appreciated the TV all the same. Mm. Just while I think of it, I've been meaning to tell you for ages. Um, there's this Facebook page called Bad Dates of Melbourne. And they also have one called Bad Dates of Australia. But Bad Dates of Melbourne is like the, the first one. So the Australia page isn't quite as popular yet. And people from Melbourne, which is my home city, um, submit their tragic fucking hilarious dates some will make you rageful some will make you laugh some will make you like literally question um the human species which is generally what I get out of it and I love it as a single woman who has been on a multitude of bad dates listen to the last episode uh for the Kirsty experiment I mean it is relatable it is so depressing for like it's like the Tinderverse in a page. It's just, it's so tragic. But it's nice to know if you're a single person dating, it's nice to know you're not alone. Um, and, you know, guys post as well. It's not just all about the ladies having a having a whinge. Have us ladies having a little bitch. No, it's like, you know, everyone, every, anyone can, so what people do is submit their tragic dating, their tragic dates to the um, admin, and then she reads them and posts the funniest ones. So, I mean, I would check it out if you just want, you know, read one or two a day, and it just gives, gives me a little bit of a lull. Um, 
And sometimes it makes me very sad for the future of mankind. So, you know, see how you go with that. I am enjoying Dorinda's pink hair. I was sad when it washed out. Did she say it was spray? I think she said it was spray. I thought it was cute. I liked it. I dyed my hair pink once. It did... It did not look like that. <laughs> it was, you know, it was a, it was a look. Let's say that. It was a look. It was a bold look. And then Lou and Dorinda just sitting there at lunch looking at each other saying, I wish you well. Well, I wish you well too, honey. No, I wish you well. I wish you well. All the best, sweetie. Is that not the housewife's kiss of death? I wish you well. Oh my god, I wish you well. I hope you ride an L and die. Is what they're really saying. I appreciate it. (laughs) I've learned a lot from these women. Mostly about how to be passive aggressive and terrifying. Sorry about sniffling. Um... Why are we only meeting Laurie, the estate agent, now? I am obsessed with her, and I also want her on our Golden Girls show with Mama D and Dale, because she is fabulosity. Even if she does look a bit like a skeletal female Trump, I still love her. (laughs) She's so funny, grabbing at Dorinda's little waist and oh my god they were cute together it was like a little odd couple I enjoyed them Sonia with Dale is so fucking funny she starts talking in a southern drawl like she starts amulet see I I have this problem especially when I get drunk because I have no inhibitions um but I have a problem because I have like a dissociate it's not I don't know because I have a borderline personality um, I sometimes dissociate my, I don't know how, I don't have a great grasp of my identity. So I can slip into somebody else's accent really easily. And I found Sonia doing that with Dale. And it's just so funny to watch. She's like, she's just talking in a normal Sonia voice. And then she'll just fall into some words that the Southern drawl that Dale has. <laughs> just made me laugh. Because <laughs> I, like, I can so relate and... But my problem is once I get stuck in an accent, that's I live there now. Like, I love the way accents feel in my mouth. It's like a textural thing. I don't know. It's It must sound really weird to somebody that doesn't experience it. But it, 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 I, yeah, I don't know. Especially living, because now I'm in London, obviously, I have an Australian accent. So, and there's so many accents around everybody talks differently around here, like, oh god, I was about to do, I was about to do southern, southern, this is my favorite accent to fall into, honestly, I'm, I could, I could live like this all day, I can feel it in the back of my throat, but it like rolls on my tongue like a marshmallow, but I'm trying to find, um, I'm trying to do an, uh, whenever I get into an English accent, I have to do I have to start with Harry Potter, so I have to end up in a really posh place first. So once I can drop into that, then I can try to find me Amy Winehouse. Oh, that was extreme. I'm sorry, Amy. I love her to death. I even have a tattoo of her. But 
I oh, but my favourite part of her, apart from her songs and personality and face, is her voice because it's so obnoxious. I've even had to move the phone away from myself. Yeah, that one's hard to do long term. So generally, if I want to find an accent to do for a day, um, and usually you have to do this when you're alone because people get very irritated with you. If you're still listening to me right now, I'd be very surprised. I basically just gave you my showreel. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> you gotta do. You gotta. You gotta choose a soft one. So I would recommend like a posh upper English kind of family, upper class kind of English family, or you know the southern feels quite good too. <coughs> Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I gotta get through this. My voice is failing me. Oh, poor little Tinsley. Her mum is so harsh on her. And I feel for her because, I mean, my mum puts no pressure on me whatsoever. But, I, you know, she, Tinsley puts enough pressure on her, on her, herself about, like, getting married and finding a man. And she knows she has no control over Scott. She just kind of has to, um accept him the way he is and whatever their relationship is or she has to be alone again and she doesn't want to be alone again so even though she knows the relationship's not perfect she's sticking it out she's not like she can and to, for Dale to say oh yeah she's got she's only going to give him another six months or so Dale Tinsley's just like what <laughs> like I've literally never said that <laughs> Dale's just like what made up her own like storyline in her head about what is sensible to wait and his Sonia bragging that she had dinner with a guy last week and he asked her to marry him right away. I'm like, that's not the guy you want to marry, girl. I mean, you got to give it at least. Even me. Even I, on my impulse, like dangerously impulsive, addictive personality, will at least give it two weeks. Get to know the guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sonia, you're a cracker barrel and I love you. Yeah, I'm liking Tinsley. First season, I definitely shadow adored her and was like, ugh, you're such a... I thought she was going to be like a teddy, you know, a teddy of it all. And she's... I enjoy her. I enjoy her her brand of crazy because I can relate. I love... I, I enjoy a love addict. Except Sheena. Sheena's difficult. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <coughs> I'm nearly there. Okay, so, yeah, Lou wants an apology. They're both on apologies, but they're not going to apologize, so we're stuck. And Dorinda's just like, oh, well, then we're stuck. Then she's stuck. She needs help with that before she kicks Barbara out of her house. Oh, that was cute. I enjoyed it. But I felt, I feel for Dorinda, and I'm, and although Lou doesn't let us see her vulnerability very often, I think they both really, really genuinely loved it and cared about each other, and they both really miss each other like that they were valued relationships in each other's lives like true relationships out of the show I believe so I'm glad they've made those little stepping stones to the road of recovery but this is gonna take some time this is a deep wound and they're both they're both coming from it from a place where they're both still deeply in it you know they keep talking about it like it's like it was in the past like they're just like forgetting about it but it's not over for either of them. They're both still right in the midst of it. It's going to take a little longer. And I'm here to watch it. I will definitely support the either nurturing or 
destruction of that relationship. Thank you, Bravo. So next time, um, it was it's hard watching this scene with Bethany. Uh, I don't know who she's talking to. I guess we'll figure it out. But she said she feels guilty that the only way she could get off the ride with Dennis is that he's passed away. Oh, man. Like, I I don't know what her relationship was, but I, I knew a girl um, who was in an abusive relationship, but so in love, madly in love with this guy. That same kind of you know, like, like obsessive passion for somebody and, and he passed away. And then like years later, she realized that that was the only way she kind of got out of that. And she never would have left, you know, and who knows how bad it would have got. So I can understand what Bethany's saying. And it's so, so sad. Maybe that was like the whirlwind of like the push and pull of their, their love. I don't know. And Bethany's going through it with her ex at the moment with the divorce. Fucking hell. I mean, as 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 rough and hard to hard a shell as she has, as hard as she is to love, she is like, you know, she deserves some credit for what she's been through because the fact that she's, you know, a single mom raising this daughter alone, going through this divorce, fiance's just died has no relationship with her parents. Like she is, um, she's a survivor. If nothing else, she is a survivor. And I believe she's a good mom and she's a good businesswoman. So she's got, you know, genuine qualities that I think, you know, I think she's actually really like Bethany. I think she would be a very difficult person to have in your life. But, um, I think, you know, the Carol Radziwill of it all kind of presented that to us. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I just want better for Bethany. And then we have Halloween at the Bluestone Manor. (laughs) And Ramona going, looks like Bethany crying to that, like, bloody, I don't know what that Ramona voice was. I don't, whenever I talk like the New York girls, I just scream into the microphone. I'm really sorry. (laughs) That's just how I hear them. Um, I hope it doesn't like blow your eardrums, but yeah, that just like made me laugh so much because it did the scene. It for me, it was it was picturing the scene. Bethany like huddled in bed when it was the it's about Tom moment. Um, <laughs> it was too real. It was all too real. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I want to get into Vanderpump Rules, but before I do that, there has been some drama in the Atlanta world this week. Um, I don't je- I haven't been covering Atlanta because, first of all, it was just a really, like, happy, not much went on kind of season, and then it was also contrasted be- with being quite depressing with the cancer stuff with Greg just kind of hit way too close to home with me. So I just kind of gave it a miss. Um, I was still watching it and keeping up with it, but I just didn't feel like there was enough to really talk about. Um, it like Portia killed me. She was fabulous the whole season, just like so funny. And I loved her like amazing body, like everything she wore just accentuated the baby bump and that but donk a donk everything was just she was on point the whole season um 
but she has just given birth, I think like maybe less than a week ago. She hasn't really posted um, any photos of her baby, not the face of her baby on um, Insta yet. Pilar is the baby's name. It's a girl. And, um, yeah, so she, but you can see like, you know, her giving little baby cuddles and stuff. It's quite cute. So hopefully we get to see her face soon. I'm loving all these little beanies. So sweet. But yes, um, there has been some hella dramskis going on between Portia and Nini, I guess since filming the reunion. Um, so you know that moment where, the producers were asking Portia in the Talking Heads interview um, what happened with her, with between her and Nini grabbing her belt. And Portia, it was like this awkward silence and everyone kind of just tensed up and no one said anything. And I was like, okay, something went down there. But nobody, she didn't want to open up. I, I, I took it as she didn't want to like open that can of worms and thought, you know what, it was an accident. Maybe Nini grabbed the belt and pulled her out of the closet, um, which I assume is what happened. But we didn't see it and we didn't get confirmation. She's kind of clammed up. Um, I thought she was trying to protect Nini, but I've heard other people say it's like she was saving it for the reunion. And it seems like that may have been what happened because shit's hitting Durfin. So this week, and I think both of them have um, posted... Both of them have posted text messages between the two of them on their Instas, but they have deleted them since. But I was right in there with my quick little um, thummies and I got screenshots of it all. So I'm going to read to you um, the text conversation between Nini and Portia. Um, I don't know how it all began. But this is what came out. A Porsche posted this, this, these screenshots. Okay, and she goes in her caption. She goes, "This is what my so-called big sis sent me last night, six days after giving birth." At Nini Links is so miserable and ain't happy for nobody. Okay, this is from Nini to Porsche. You lion ass, big fat hungry bitch. Oh, I know. We're already off with a bam. Okay, I'm not gonna interrupt, but like. I mean, bring it. Okay. You lying ass, big, fat, hungry bitch. You know I never put my hands on you. Marlo, Cynthia, nor Candy ever can say that. You want an excuse for going in my closet without my permission? So you can talk your fake shit on Instagram all you want. But remember, my house is lit with cameras. Oh, and don't forget who was by your side and saved your whack ass when you pulled Kenya off that sofa. Don't forget, nobody fucked with you in San Fran or in Spain but me. If you got something to say, say the truth. Because if I put my hands on you, you will know it 100. Then she sends another text straight after. This is still Nini. Oh, and remember, you had your hair flipped over your thin, bald spot. I have, <laughs> I have hair, but I if I don't, I have enough money to buy all the wigs and extensions I want. <laughs> I mean, okay, so then Portia replies, I'm not reading all your bullshit. You know damn well I ain't recorded that. I'm, I, you know damn well I aim, oh, I think she, uh, she, she resent it. So I'm going to read the new one because she had some spelling mistakes. Hang on, the next, the real one that she intended was, I'm not reading all that bullshit. You know damn well I ain't recorded that in no studio to set you up. Kiss my ass. How dare you make that claim? I would not conspire 
no shit like that. And then she has a little like um, extra bit added saying, that one, that one better because your lying made me type so fast. (laughs) Oh my God, these girls. Nini responds, you're so full of shit. Go enjoy your one time three episode commercial. Which I don't really know what that means. It's like, she says it a couple times, but if anyone knows, please DM me on Instagram at reality TV and me. Cause, um, I, that confused me anyway. Um, Portia replies, ha, you enjoy it too. Kiss Nini. I had 12 episodes and trust I won't watch not one of yours. Too busy securing the bags. Portia responds with the cross-eyed tongue out emoji. Oh my God. Like enough said girl. <laughs> Nini. And you know that you recorded that, uh, recorded that, but, but okay. Yours is coming. Portia. No, I did not. You are sick to believe that, but I don't really give a damn. Bye girl. Nini. You did, but it's okay. Oh, your day. Oh, your day coming. <laughs> don't speak like this. So it's a bit hard. I'm like way too white to be able to read that. I'm not like cool enough for this. You did, but it's okay. Oh, your day coming just like it has in the past. I'm a lot of things, but what I don't do is fuck over people and life for no reason. That's the makeup you wear. Just remember I'm HB, uh, I'm HBIC and you want to be. Bye bitch. Portia. I'm happy and blessed. Good night edges. <laughs> Oh my god. And then she's a kissy emoji by edges. <laughs> so shade. Um, Nini. Good night, big Oh, this is rough. Good night, big piggy with the busted shape. Crying laughing emoji. Rude. I'd be like literally in the fetal position crying. Portia. Girl, I know you and them granddaddy long legs and box body not coming for my body. That made my night. Cry two crying emojis, love heart. <laughs> like these girls are hilarious on camera, but this is just their, like, natural fucking shade just going for it. They're so fucking funny. But this would, like, destroy my self-esteem for life. <laughs> Nene. Long, pretty legs and being fine. You worry about them extra, st- extra small baby ankles you rockin'. Hopefully they hold up that giant body. Try dieting. You, that's something you have never been good at. <laughs> God, who are these people? So that is um the text exchange that Portia released a few days ago. And then Nini released one um that's just a couple long and I I think this is this was before what Nini writes in her caption is um this is what I sent you after you gave birth. I sent you text messages last night after I saw on social media what you had said. I could have responded back on social but social media, but I decided to text rather than do that. I know you need viewers to tune into your three-episode commercial, which is why you're doing the most. Bye, ankles. <laughs> the ankle comment literally is killing me. Portia responds to the caption. Um, uh, maybe I'll read the text. Maybe I'll te- the text is strange first. So Portia sent to... Nini. Oh God, I'm confused. No, Nini said this to Portia and this is Nini posting it. Okay. Today, your life changed. This is right after you gave birth, I suppose. Today, your life changed. Congratulations. No matter where we are in our relationship, being a mother is a true blessing 
and only women can bring life into the world. That day in Destin, Florida, when you said you might be pregnant, I was genuinely, genuinely happy for you then and now. And then Portia responded, hey, sorry, just getting back to you. We got home from hospital a day ago and we've been adjusting to being home. Baby Pilar is so precious. She has been doing so well. My mum kept her downstairs for us so we could rest and I feel like a million bucks. I'm still just taking it super easy because I had a C-section. But other than that, we are great. Thank you for checking in. And yes, I do know you genuinely cared. Thank you. And then in the caption, Portia responds, and that is why you are sick. You started with me last night and now you play victim. It's too hard being friends with you. I'm done. So enjoy being exposed. Talk about that on your closet special, sis. Kiss. So this is what has me a little bit confused because um, of like that was a nice exchange. But then obviously something took a left turn somewhere and we ended up where the text exchange took us on Porsche's end of the spectrum with <laughs> by ankles and by edges. I mean, I think it's just some shit going down and I cannot wait for the reunion. That's all I have to say. Um, yeah, so realness, how excites. Let's get into a little Vanderpump Rules and that's it from me today. So in VPR, we are cordially welcomed to the gay wedding, I mean, opening of Tom Tom. Oh, Sandoval, like, I am Sandoval, Sandoval is me. Like, him being like, you know what, I tried music, I tried acting, nothing really took off. <laughs> like, all those flashbacks are literally my life, like, trying, like, trying and failed music career, like, done my little share of acting, try everything, nothing really works, maybe I should just buy a restaurant and name it after myself. <laughs> Restaurants are too hard work, I want to be the Schwartz of it all, like, literally just looking myself in the mirror and saying, you did it, buddy, I mean, I don't know what it is, but, uh, you did something to get here, like, you did nothing, your name was Tom and you're kinda cute, for like some people's taste. I mean, I could do that. I have a name and I'm sort of cute and charming at times. Like I could, does that mean I can like own 5% of a restaurant with Lisa Vanderpump? Cause like sign me up. I am all for that. <laughs> I don't want to do much cause everything I touch turns to shit. And like, AKA Schwartzy. But I'll definitely be like, stand behind the bar and smile and pretend that, like, I'm holding it together. <laughs> oh, my good lordy. Yeah, he really got lucky. But I'm so happy for Sandoval. His passion is just, and his enthusiasm, it really is contagious. He is such a sweet guy. And I know that we're talking about him spending 18 grand on this bloody sidecar motorbike is silly, but... I mean, he just bought a $2 million mansion with Ariana. I think he's doing just fine. Like, I mean, like, this show's been going long enough. He's been the star of it the whole time. Like, they're doing okay, you know? So I don't think we really have to worry about them. I think we're kind of, you know, suspending disbelief in that they're all poor now. Although they probably do spend most of their money on drugs and alcohol. But I don't think that Sandoval is as bad as many of the others on this show. 
aka Schwartz. Like he is, he is a real problem. I don't know why we're like pointing our fingers solely at James. Like Schwartz is a, like a full on alcoholic if I ever saw one. I mean, they all are. I mean, Brittany, like she's got literally got a stomach ulcer probably from drinking too much and also being in a relationship with Jax. But like she can't even go to Mexico and or go to the opening and not have a couple of drinks. You're literally like your stomach lining is open and exposed. You are bleeding internally, girl. Put down the alcohol for a week. I mean, oh, these kids, these children. What are we going to do? Somebody think of the children. Uh, And all I could think is that little (laughs) motorcycle sidecar comes tugging along. I just thought, oh, Schwartz. Is he nothing but a sidecar? He is a sidecar personified. With his little knees, like... Have you seen that episode of The Simpsons where there's that really tall guy and all he could afford was that tiny little bug car and his knees are, like, poking out of the window and he's, like, well, you know, like, stuck, stuffed in this car. That is Tom Schwartz as a person. Just, like, that little sidecar thing dragged along, hoping for the best, that hoping that it'll turn up somewhere but he had no control in getting there. And you know what? It could be a shit heap. It could be all his wildest dreams come true. This ride, he kind of got lucky, but then we head to Mexico and because he's so lucky, he gets upgraded to first class, which for a two and a half hour flight, codependent Katie cannot sit, could not possibly sit alone. She expects him to swap with her. He doesn't. So, uh, now he's in a world of pain. That time, his little sidecar did not end up in a place that he liked. But you know what? Swings and roundabouts, Tom. Swings and roundabouts. Gotta take the bad with the good. And fuck me, he got lucky with some good, so he's kind of gotta suck it up and keep this marriage going with Katie, because she's the reason he's on the show. I do feel for him. They are a miserable couple and they genuinely hate each other. But what are they to do? I mean, I really feel like for some reason they're both trapped. And I do think he adores parts of her, but I also think he just vehemently hates, like deep down, he just purely loathes her and she resents him. And... A psychologist told me and my ex once, once resentment comes in, you cannot come back from that. And you know what? She was right. So best of luck to them, but it's not looking good. And I'm here for it. Like I'm enjoying the ride. It is about to explode next week. And I legitimately have never been more excited for anything in my life. Um, speaking of people in couples that hate each other, Adam hates Sheena, right? <laughs> I don't know what, like, he's trying to, is he trying to get on the show? Like, what's, what is he getting out of this? I guess he's getting laid and he's getting a bit of airtime, but is it worth it? She's like, he's my person, you know, he's my best friend. We're dating. I mean, no, no, we're not dating. Like, uh, that was like that was just a little Freudian slip. No, no, we're not dating. It's um, it's confusing. And Adam's like, um, yeah, I'm gonna block you on all social media. And she's like, <laughs> don't. 
<laughs> it's too much for me. But I was happy that she stood up for James and was honest with what happened because Lala's just sitting there fucking... The way she lies is really scary. Like, she is... We've seen her a couple times now. Like, she's too good of a liar and it's it actually really freaks me out. It's so manipulative and so controlling and... Like, she could literally have murdered your, like, best friend and have their body, like, still bleeding in the backyard and come inside dripping in blood and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, Annabelle's fine. And you'd be like, oh, okay, I guess she's just gone out for milk or something. Like, she is terrifying. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, yeah, she's, um... She's a piece of work this season, and I'm really struggling with her. But I loved that, like, the shots between her being like, "Mm, I don't think I was aggressive. Get out of my face, you fucking whore! And she looks like she's about to, like, headbutt (laughs) Billy. And she's like, no, I think I, like, I just said my piece, you know. It was pretty, like, it wasn't in front of customers. And they flash again, and she's screaming bloody murder. Oh, my God. Legit. Uh, the packing, watching Tom Sandoval pack is one of the purest joys of my entire life. Him and his little hat box and Ariana, like, she, like, internally is rolling her eyes and laughing at him, but she is laughing with love and she, like, it's not like Katie and Schwartz where it's, like, everything he does is just, like, like, they're rolling each other's eyes at each other, they're, like, laughing out of frustration they're pissed off they hate like everything each other does but they stay quiet ariana is just gently like oh that's my guy like it's pure love like she's like you like he's so like she can you can see that she thinks he's over the top and silly but that's also why she loves him it's beautiful i think they're the sweetest i think they're a really good couple and sometimes she annoys me but i think that she's really i think she's quite wise and um sensible as well and I I I like them as a couple so yes I love him and his little hat box and his belts and she's like you don't need two belts and he's like what that's just my red belt (laughs) like how long are they going for a few days (laughs) he needs like 16 different colored belts just in case like I love that about him he's so sweet Uh, I want a tom oh my goodness James rocks up to Villa Blanca and admits that he's his father rewarded him with a beer for his good behavior. I'm like, I was with Lisa on this. I'm like, oh, I think we all were just internally cringing when he said he didn't have a drinking problem. Uh, it was like, I thought he'd reached his rock bottom. I thought he was like ready to kind of hand himself over to a higher power in the words of the 12 steps. And I just thought like, uh, that really like kind of, I don't know, that kind of disappointed me for him just because he's been doing so well. But you know, you know what? Like maybe he's got further to fall, I guess. I guess he does. Um, who knows? I'm not there behind the scenes. I'm not watching everything that goes on. I mean, but like if all, if we aren't watching all of these people on, celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew in the next five years, then we're going to be like burying them in an early grave because literally I have never seen a cast this openly alcoholic. It's, it's a rough stuff. 
and it makes for good TV. Ugh, how bad is that? But I think these people have enough personality disorders that it would still make great TV if they were sober. Wow, what a world, what a life. So then we have this like rage texting Katie on the plane and I mean, your boy, your husband should not be afraid of you. Like that is an awful quality. uh, It just really makes me sad because I think that, I don't know about Katie, I think she might be a bit of a lost cause, but I think Schwartz could thrive in a different environment. He literally is, like Tom Sandoval said it a few years ago when they were dressed as women, he literally comes across as a battered wife. Like he comes across as an abused spouse because he's like, has no self-confidence. He lives in constant anxiety. He is an alcoholic. Like he is clearly numbing something. Um, it is like his, we don't know much about his family life, but it seems positive. He's got those three twin brothers that he adores, but he's separated from his family. You know, his friends are all like drinking around him and, you know, having these relationship problems as well. So it's kind of normalized. It's Katie is cruel to him. And he's just like, everything he does is kind of lashing out. I don't know. That's my opinion. When he said that he doesn't like the sound of her voice, that really like put the nail in the coffin for me. I'm like, yeah, genuine resentment and hatred. Like it just needs to be done and it won't be. I feel like they're going to get pregnant and it's just like a genuine concern for the safety of that unborn child for me. Like, I'm genuinely worried about this child that doesn't exist yet. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Preach. You guys, what are we going to do? I enjoyed Tom and Ariana <laughs> sitting on the hammock, like, reflecting on their own relationship via the argument on the balcony they could hear from the next room over. <laughs> that was so cute. And, like, such a real... I don't know, like, I can see that kind of happening, IRL. Oh, my goodness. And the only other thing I need to say before I wrap up this epic podcast this week is that if I ever hear the phrase, feed the hog, again in my life, it will be way too soon. That is quite literally the worst phrase I've ever heard. And that is it from me. I can't wait for next week that to be continued. I like I lo- I hate and I love watching these two fight, Tom and Katie. Um, it really is so exciting for me. I'm excited to be on a on a cast trip. Um, excited to watch Brittany slowly kill her stomach and rip open her ulcer even more. It's gonna be fun. All right. So if you don't already, follow me on Instagram. It's at Reality TV and Me. I'm Kirsty Moore, and you can find my website um, KirstenMoore.com.au. That's that'll link you to any of my music stuff that I'm I've worked on in the past. I've made music videos and and I record songs and write songs. Um, what else? I do have Facebook and I post the new episodes. Like if you don't have Instagram, you can find out about the new episodes on Facebook, but I don't really, I'm not as active on, on the Facebook as I am with um my Insta. You can still message me on that and I'll get back to you. But I mean, like in terms of posting photos and stuff like that, Instagram's really the place to follow reality TV and me, but that is um, facebook.com slash Kirsty Moore music. Um, and what else really just keep up to date. Like you should subscribe, um, wherever you listen to podcasts, just because 
because I'm moving around, I do house sitting um, in, in the UK at the moment. Because I am moving around so much, occasionally the ep- episodes will be released on different days or quite often. I generally release one once a week, but it's not always on the same day. So just to make sure you don't miss any episodes, that's the best way to do it. Also, I love getting reviews. It feeds my very sensitive ego. So please rate and review me five stars only because, I mean, like I want to be like soups famous, you guys. <laughs> Just makes you feel good. I want to know what you think of the show. Um, only if it's positive. <laughs> and what else? What else? Oh, I'm a writer. I write um, blogs about mental illness and chronic illness um, love, loss, death, grief, all the fun stuff at gutterglitter.blog. Um, but most of this, yeah, if you follow my Insta, you'll be able to connect to all of these different avenues. Um, and please reach out to me on Insta. I love when you correspond with me. It's always fun. I've just launched a Patreon, but because I've been sick, I haven't really done much with it yet. Um, but I intend on releasing one to two extra pieces of content a month. So you can join the Patreon there. It's just Patreon slash or just, I don't know, go to the patreon.com website and search reality TV and me and you'll see my smiling mug. And I think that's enough from me. Thank you so much for listening once again. Um, I always love having you and getting to know you guys. I will catch you on the flip.